Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 467. We have a good one today. We do. Good conversation. So, I mean, Anthony's a lot of, kind a lot of, of here. Conversations. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. <laughs> oh, wait, I am. <laughs> I'm back. What was I even doing? I think I was just busy the last... Well, one was work. I, could, I was literally working till like, 9 that night, so I couldn't I think record. that was the reason you were not but here. But I can't remember what the other one was. I feel like... was I A on date, vacation? maybe? You were in Vegas. No. Well, that was a while ago. Um, He's a very busy man. I guess oh, that's all we need to it know. It was my actual birthday. Yes, I was on a date. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. But now... No, because not... you showed up on your birthday. All right, we, boys. We this is the it. intro of the podcast. Oh, yeah, Can we yeah, talk not, calendars Not Anthony's <laughs> attendance record. <laughs> We, did, we we got into a lot of fucking trailers and shows and, and what ifs comics and, and, and one shots blah 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 blah. There's blah, a lot blah. going on in the comic world. Yeah, a lot of this movement. is a long, this is a long one. And what are those? And yeah, buckle <laughs> what up. are those? Um, sorry, that I'm, I'm I apologize for that. So, grab a drink, sit back and relax and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast episode four hundred and sixty seven. Shattered glass. What is that? I just want to start singing Walking on Broken Glass. <laughs> so I'm upset that I forgot to put on my cape and uh mask because i'm a real life superhero <laughs> actually in fact though i won i am a superhero i won this superhero award right here at uh the other weekend i went to what uh my friends uh, uh what they call it the it's like a thrift store party. yeah thrift, thrift oh. store prom or something yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have tons of different categories and everything but you have to Buy everything at the thrift store and you know there's a category for like least spent like normally they used to have like a, a price like limit like you know 15 bucks or so but they didn't really put it on this year so there's king and queen and you know 80s and 90s and there's a hero were those uh, known up beforehand so like you could dress for one yes of okay and and like unicorns so, like i was almost thinking that'd be fun and ironic to like find unicorn stuff <laughs> at goodwill However, uh, I, when I was looking, I came across this top hat that I just really liked, and it was cheap enough, and I'm like, all right, I got to do something with this top hat. So then I was really looking for nice suits, and I was going to try to go to, you know, as like a king or something. Couldn't find any suits, but then I went back over by some other props, and I found this nice cape, and then this mask, and then these gloves, and it just started coming together, and then I just, just got black, like black shirt and black pants, and... I looked pretty much like Tuxedo Mask. Like, that's kind of like what the vision that I had, but also being like, there's no tuxedo and no nothing. Uh, As later on, my dad tells me later, why didn't you wear your tuxedo shirt? I asked you that. Oh, that was you. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to say it was my dad. But uh, that would have been cheating because that would have been my clothes that have and not bought at the store it's funny that was literally like the only character i can think of i was like top hat and a cape and i was like okay it's like phantom of the opera but only superhero i can think of is tuxedo mask (laughs) so when i went to this thing uh they were just like collecting the ballots for all these and i was like 
so pissed because I'm like, I like dressing up and mm-hmm. I like winning costume contests. And so I was like, all right, well, I didn't win it. But everyone's like, man, I would have voted for you if, uh, you know, if you had gotten here a little bit earlier. Well, there were enough people that still had their things, their ballots, that they quick were like, who's that person? Mm-hmm. So I won the hero uh, portion of it, which was surprising so to me. Proud of and that's how you know this was an old people's party. Yeah. Because they knew who <laughs> 1990 Sailor Moon his least useful hero well, award hey, winner. I didn't think anyone would truly get that. So here's the thing that I went with, even though it was what I was inspired with. So I, I had one thing I did take from my house, a prop was the small little like uh vampire teeth. Okay. That glow in the dark, you know, plastic ones. So I was just going as like uh what we do in the shadows type like vampire mm-hmm. with a cape and mm-hmm. like Vlad yeah. or something. Well, but... you won't want to hang out with somebody who doesn't know Tuxedo Mask. Yeah. I mean, he's the least useful hero of all time. <laughs> yeah. he, like, he runs in, he's like, I did nothing, away! You know? So, Tony was so bummed that you weren't here last week because he wanted to tell this story and he knew that you would know oh, yeah, yeah. this character. I'm a big fan of Tuxedo Mask. And I was like, I, don't, I have no idea who it is. And I was like... Why is it that the two dudes on this podcast know the Sailor Moon characters? Well, when Sailor Moon comes on, the only guy you can identify with is Tuxedo Mask, the rest are chicks. So when you're a, a 12-year-old boy sitting at home watching Toonami and you're like, yeah. ooh, a guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's our character. Yeah. And then you find out he's useless and you're like, eh. Now you know how girls feel all the time. Yeah, yeah. He was the Daisy Sue. He really uh, was. He was constantly getting saved by Sailor Moon in that show. Yeah, so. good. Good. They had like a weird love interest thing, but they're like it's for kids, so they're not like really in love. There's, they you know, then maybe they'll be boyfriend and girlfriend in the reboot ah. type thing. Yeah. Ah, uh, classic. I'm sad I didn't see it. I'll look at the pictures. I'm sure okay. there are some on Facebook, right? Yeah. 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 But anyways, back to uh, reality. <laughs> Even though I'm gonna display this uh, nice little. Does it glow? It. I think it. So then the the people that throw this thing. Go and buy all the awards are from the thrift shop, from, yeah, too. from a thrift shop. And this does have a place from. for batteries, so I could put batteries in it and and it should hopefully work. So it's this clear, so just so everyone knows, it's this clear plastic man. It's Spider Man. Oh, is it Spider Man? It's a Spider Man, okay. yeah, yeah. It's Which basically like a tube, but it's like, in like a conical tube. Yeah, it's like a trophy cover. It's like if you took yeah. a plastic clear cup over the black base and but he's all, like, uh, clear plastic, so if you put a light underneath him, it'll glow, probably whatever color. There's a button on the bottom, so I'm guessing you could switch between colors. Yeah. The new mascot. So... <laughs> I'm going to just take this everywhere I go now. Put it on your work desk, put it on your car. <laughs> yes. You, you should bolt that to the hood of your car yeah. and drive around. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Well, well, cool. What are you doing? Don't break it. She's checking out. She's checking it out. She wants yeah, to turn man. it on. Calm down. I'm gonna find it missing at the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, where are you going with that bag? <laughs> Nothing. I have to go. All right, we've talked about this stupid ass thing for too long. <laughs> oh wait, I can't have another ten minutes to talk about it. <laughs> Is there more? <laughs> well, hey, good transition. Speaking of Spider-Man, last week, Spider-Man trailer came out yeah right <laughs> almost like an hour after Legitimate. we got I think done recording I got 
home from recording and I popped online and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Literally, they couldn't have done that like three hours sooner. That's yeah. why we have to record the podcast live all the time of our lives. We just have to always be online. <laughs> oh, recording. That we always miss talking anything. to each other. Yep. When something nerdy happens, you stop everything it. else, get into character, and then... Yeah, we'll just have like our full we'll dial terrible. in on our phones or wherever we're at and just do the podcast right there. Well, but, uh, you brought it up. What do you think? I thought it was amazing. I thought it, the first thing that I thought was really cool is how involved Doctor Strange is in this. Like, I know that because he literally has a movie like a few months after this comes out. Is right? that Doctor Strange? I mean, we all really know who. Peter has made a deal with, aka the devil. (laughs) Yes. And do we finally get to see Mephisto on? Have you actually seen fan theories out there saying that this is Mephisto? Yes. Yes. Those goobs. Well, people think that it's not Doctor Strange, and yeah, they think secretly that's yeah. He is very nonplus about like just call me Stephen. Yeah, and he's rocking those sweatpants with the cape. And when he goes to um, do the actual magic bit of it, it's like, okay, this doesn't seem like something he should be doing, and he should know that he should not be doing this. But that seems like a Doctor Strange thing to do, especially in what we've established in the movies. His whole movie was him doing things he's not supposed to do because he thinks this will probably work out. I know, and and so I, I also think that it is too much to read into because again, they're just never going to. It get is a clever Mephisto, strategy, but, though. But <laughs> we I gotta mean, get Mephisto it, in it there somewhere. You can't just be stained glass forever. <sighs> I mean, it could be, but it, it might not. But let's move on from that point. Yeah. And just everything else, like it got me so hyped, and I was already going to be hyped for the movie, regardless, because mm-hmm. it's a Marvel movie, so I'm going to see it. Mm-hmm. But and yeah, I thought it was a perfect trailer, right? Obviously, it shows the reveal of Doc Ock, yeah. but. That's kind of well known. That and, and popped right before that, right? The pumpkin bomb. Yep. So a little goblin action. And the laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and it's like, you know, just the idea. We knew that this was already going to be like a in, into the Spider Verse multiverse kind of story and bringing in other characters and likely have like Tobey Maguire and blah blah blah. And it's just cool to see those elements. Gets you excited for what else, right? Those are like, those feel like the cheapest candies because Doc Ock and those are good villains that are well recognized, and throwing them in there and being like, "What else are we gonna have?" The Sinister Six, and we know, know we're going to. Because if they, if they, with all the other cameos and things <clears throat> that's going on, like if they don't have the Sinister Six show up at some point, like they really blew their load. Like, yeah, how could you not do that? It's the easiest opportunity to be successful is but, to do it. So. Yeah, and so my my big theory is, I think the spell truly doesn't make like people forget who he is i think it brings them to a a what if universe that then doesn't have a spider-man or something so like oh so you think it's not them coming to his universe it's him going to theirs yeah and i think that'd be easier for the sam rammy type uh sony universe to go ahead and like have them the, all their characters already established in that one well it's not just the sam raimi raimi uh movie <laughs> what i say you said Rami. Oh. <laughs> sam raimi um but it's the andrew garfield movies too because yeah but that's sony as well but i'm saying yeah 
I think it's No Way Home, so they need to get back to MCU home, and they're in this universe where they don't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Do you mm. think this is a cinematic tool for the split? Oh, it's 100% like going to be... Sony, where ba- the No Way Home, basically, he doesn't get to escape, and so he doesn't get to go home, no. and so well, I think he's it'd... stuck in the Venomverse. So there is lots of talk about the, the way the contracts are all worked, and... This technically is Tom Holland's last movie, mm-hmm. but like, so I feel Sony would be dumb not to still renegotiate to be like, yeah, you you use him and do him with your things. We're gonna work with Venom and like what we kind of got Get going a, on with do Carnage, you think, do a different Spider Man, or still use Tom Holland. No, I think that's what where the split should happen. Then they have their Spider Man movies. Marvel has their Marvel movies with Spider Man. Mm-hmm. So Marvel or Marvel will no longer make a Spider-Man four or whatever. They will just have an Avengers movie where Spider-Man shows up. Sony can be like, yeah, that's that's you know our Marvel Universe Spider-Man. Now come check out what Spider-Man's doing over here, the Daily Bugle and everything in our universe where he lives. I feel like that would be a smart split for both of them, and to allow the character to still be part of MCU to where the MCU can be promoting sony stuff because why wouldn't you want that free you've thought marvel? about this way too much <laughs> tony just wants tony just wants spider-man in the mcu well, so yeah like, how do we get i mean there? we all also saw the new venom trailer, mj right? and like be happy oh don't get me started on the venom I mean, that's trailer what I'm saying right that's what that's what we have to look forward to from the sony Spider-Man i know and that's movies. what it's so i think partly Sony's in a position now where they're they're kind of thinking, you know, Venom did really well. And this is all pre-negotiating for these new Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. So at the time, they're kind of over the coals there where they had to kind of be like, we got to make a deal. Now I think Sony might be a little bold to say, nope, he's ours. We got it. And that's, you know, our contracts are done. And if... Uh, it's gonna. The, it looks terrible. Yeah, the Venom... Two looks just like Venom One. Venom One was okay, but again, that the bad bad symbiote in that, I was like, is this supposed to be Carnage? I, I don't know, but it yeah. acts like Carnage. It looks like Carnage. It's got spiky things like Carnage. Okay, so there was that movie, and now we have Venom Two, where we actually get Carnage. Cool. But it looks almost like the same bad guy from the first one. Yeah, and listen, I love Woody Harrelson. I do not think that he was cast appropriately. <laughs> no, that that weird wig. Oh, it's and... so weird. It, to me, it felt like... Give me a Jackie Earl Haley, right? It felt like an imitation of like a Joker-esque yeah. character. It really it felt like it was too close to the Dark Knight Joker that we saw. This like hyper-intelligent, very observant, dark, cackly character. Yeah, except right? he's a psycho redneck serial killer, actually. Yeah. Yep. So and it's just again like that it it the reason the MCU is one of the big reasons are successful every villain in every movie was unique and different than the last villain right and it it didn't wasn't as successful sometimes a villain you know Thor two villain was lackluster right the dark elves or whatever and then you've got um, but you know and even but you've got like Guardians of the Galaxy someone that most of the movie viewer, viewers had no idea. What there's a talking raccoon character in right. modern comics, you know. Right. You've got a great villain in that movie, and so if you're like you're saying, you've got Venom One, 
there's okay so it's another symbiote there's a symbiote civil war it's kind of cool they're like yes but now there's another another symbiote and then i'm too and you're like wait what why wasn't he on the ship and you know you know why wasn't he associated or even known you know that kind of stuff well i mean we do know because it's a byproduct of venom but still yeah yeah, the same same thing it's the same movie Mm -hmm. now i will say this i saw some uh not trailer. It wasn't a trailer, but it was like some scenes from Morbius that honestly made me go, "I'm actually, if the movie's like this that I just saw, I'm actually gonna probably watch that because that was yeah. one of them that I thought was gonna be a dud." But again, somehow it seems like they pulled something out of their asses and at least, or maybe they just showed us a few cool like yeah. scenes. <laughs> yeah, ninety percent of cool scenes are in the trailer kind of situation. I used to have faith in Jared Leto as an actor, but he is not done me right recently mm-hmm. so he's kind of on the 50 50 right it's like i loved him in blade runner but then i did love him and some of the other stuff he's done right. since then so it's like ugh, he just really needs to be it needs the role needs to be made for him kind of thing yeah maybe morbius is but i don't know no <laughs> i don't think so i can I... almost see him being a better cletus yes. than Woody yeah, yeah, I still yeah. think Jack Carroll Haley, but <laughs> I think you know another thing too, and we're seeing it in the MCU now for sure. God, everybody's being picked for movies, yeah. right? Like oh, at the beginning, yeah. it was like uh, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. was a great pick. You, you know, jump started um, all the Chris's and their various roles. Like they really fit those characters. Now they're like, okay, now that we've opened the world, let's pick an actor and then let's pick a movie for them. Right, it's almost like what they're doing. Where, you know, with some exceptions like Shang Chi, where people are like, "Who is this guy?" He's like, "Oh, he's done some other things before." And Canadian television. You know, yeah. <laughs> no one really knows, but you've seen like all these actors just being thrown in roles. They're like, "Hey, we've got you wanted to do a Marvel movie. Well, we've got six characters to pick from. This one seems to fit you the best." I mean, that's the cool thing about the comics is you have a lot of characters to pick from. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's funny now that any almost anything <laughs> is news. Like if you go to any comic books news site, like one person mentions one thing, Marvel or DC, and we got to make an article because this person said it, and it's annoying as shit, especially by trying to do a podcast to kind of just say, here's some things that we found that you may not have found. And a lot of them... deep dive into it because most of them are like, this this fan art on Instagram. Miley Cyrus says she wants to play a Marvel character. You'll never guess which one. (laughs) And it's just a random thing that maybe Miley Cyrus said of like, I would love to, you know, I would love to do that someday. Maybe this. And somehow specifically asked her if you could play any superhero, (laughs) what would you play? And she answered the question. And and this is the scoop now. (laughs) Like, is she going to be the next? I think think what I think is hilarious about those kind of articles is they're written almost as if they're like, maybe Feige will look at it and read it. Oh my God. That's so true. Get the next idea, right? That they're written as if, they're expecting some showrunner to be like, oh my God, Miley Cyrus, how did I not see her as some random yeah. character that she read a comic of in 1994? Pre-like internet everything, those sort of like dream castings only used to be in like Wizard Magazine or things like uh-huh. that. <laughs> but now it's just everybody has an opinion. Everyone's got a, well, someone's got a blog and then someone rewrites a news article. Well, I mean, ever the, the best... I mean, Marvel does great with casting. Everyone else is so-so. Right. But I would say Marvel hits it out of the park. Most of the time. 
what can you kind of say? It's most of the time. Yeah, maybe there's a handful, yeah. you know, like, you know, the Mandarin or whatever. Like, <laughs> they totally got that wrong. Uh, but then they come around and Fix it. totally redeem themselves. Yeah. Uh, can, which... I just, can I just say that I'm just really happy with the fact that there's only four months left, or three months. Wait, no, four. Yeah, four months left in the year, and we have a lot of superhero movies coming out that yeah. I'm excited for. Right, um, I didn't necessarily know what to be excited for about uh, Shang Chi. That wasn't one that's like on my mm-hmm. regular radar, and so having that, and then you have Spider Man, and then almost immediately after that, you have well, it's next year, but you have uh, um, well, the Eternals come well, out. Eternals, that's right, it's coming out November. Spider Man, you've got uh, Doctor Strange earlier next year in March, and then you get into the Thor. It's just like mm-hmm. we had that weird COVID instilled break of marvel stuff and then they just like pack the next three years with stuff and then we have all this filler we have the what ifs Mm -hmm. which are awesome we have uh, one the one shots like i was saying like that whole thing all hail the king it was amazing Ben kingsley as the mandarin again was just great and it it seems like it has to be concluded Yeah, yeah like it ended on such a point that like no, we need to see where this goes. Yeah. And if that's included in Shang-Chi, like, that would be amazing. If it's not and it's in another one-shot, that also would be amazing if that flows into another random whatever. But they took the time to make this, and it was hilarious. It, it was. was good, and it was... in high production, right? It, it, it was the same production value you've seen oh. in the rest of the Marvel stuff. Yeah. It just looks like it was cut out of a movie. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is, it's like... Though they did it in that perfect, and that's why I think Marvel's just continuously succeeding in the mo- the cinematic world is their writing. That's really what's getting them good, um, and it's the fact that this little one shot was fun to watch. It kind of plays into future cinematic mm-hmm. stuff, not necessary. Grandma can still just go to the theater movies and understand what's going on, right? Yeah. But the fans have all of just- these. Like cleans little, up a little mess. Yeah. It just cleans up a tiny little mess where they made the Mandarin not real, and then we're like, oh shit, we actually need to use the real Mandarin, mm-hmm. so how are we going to connect those two things? And it's like... they didn't. And you're right, they didn't have to, because we, we all knew he was fake, mm-hmm. and yeah. that we knew that there was a Mandarin that existed somewhere within the Marvel Universe. And they mostly established that in the Iron Man movie, right? right. That, oh, this guy's just an actor. Yeah, blah, oh, blah, for blah. sure. I think just in my head, I had imagined the real Mandarin was like, Let's go kill that dude for impostering yeah. me. So yeah, you're right. That's what they wanted to do, and that's what they did in this <laughs> thing. I'm just saying, like, I was. Wondering. I had already thought they already did that, but that was just in my imagination. Right. Well, yeah. I think it's like I don't know. Just being a comics fan and being a <clears throat> personal fan of the MCU, it's like Disney's my heroin dealer, and they're just giving me those little hits. They're like, don't yes. worry, I got a new batch of movies coming out next year. We're just going to get you through. And I'm like, taste, okay, thank taste. you, Papa Disney. You know, thank you. And it's for... got Ben Kingsley in it and Sam Rockwell. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And again, this is, again, no knock to DC or any other things. When the boys come out next month, we'll be talking about the boys. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, when other properties come out, we'll be talking about them as well. It's just <clears throat> right now, though, there isn't other options. Right. Like, we all talked about the Suicide Squad when that came oh. out. And that was, it was holy shit, that was awesome. Yep. So... Keep delivering yeah. it. I, yes. I love being able to talk about this stuff. I know. And I'm like, I'm talking about this stuff with my mom. <laughs> like the Marvel stuff with my mom. Because she watched all of the, her and my dad watched all the Disney Plus stuff. And I was like, you guys see Loki? And they're like, 
we don't understand what's going on. I was like, all right, get some popcorn. We've got a two-hour <laughs> phone it. call coming up because i got to explain, you know, sounds like Tony's dream night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just give me your parents' number. I right? got a little jealous <laughs> there for sit, a second. Sit home on Friday <laughs> my mom, night. My mom likes you. I'll just let you guys chat, and she, I'll have her come down and be like, you know, you'll come over, and you'll start talking Marvel. Be like, all right, I'm gonna head out, and you guys just hang out <laughs> and chat about Marvel stuff. Oh, speaking of the the what if though, this past week's was really good. Yes. Yes. I I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I guessed it, but not quick enough, and I guessed a little bit differently. So, I was like, there's got to be someone invisible. Who's an invisible person? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was thinking, like, that's already been established, too, that we know. So, I was thinking ghost. Mm -hmm. Because, like, that person kind of turned invisible. So, that could be a person that's, like, secretly killing everyone. But then it was really like, where is it someone's... And then, from ghost being an Ant-Man, I was thinking Scott Lang. Mm -hmm. I was thinking it's Ant-Man... But somehow Scott Lang turned evil, and that this is the universe where Ant-Man the what if Ant Man turned evil was not thinking Hank at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was kind of like, I was partly right, but totally wrong on which Ant Man. Well, yeah, I knew it was Ant Man related because when he was looking through the screens of the sh- the agents who had died or the parts of the Avengers, there was a picture of Hope Van Dyne with the X through it, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, she's dead in this. Because she was I, I noticed that yeah. too, but I was just thinking, oh, this person's killing a lot of people yeah. and that they just didn't show them on screen. Yep. I loved uh, Hulk's death. <laughs> just, oh my God, it was so and crazy. I do love the explanations too. And I was like, what happened? It was like, oh, he grew Hulk's heart to be like freaking huge. And, it was yeah. just, and also, how do you kill the Hulk? Right? And that was the thing too. It was like, how do you kill without trace of poison and you know, all mm-hmm. this stuff? And mm-hmm. then... Uh, even when they show the syringe and they're like a projectile, I was like, oh, they used a bullet. Right. No, not at all. It wasn't a bullet at all. It was a tiny man. It's it's a pretty great what if, if you think about how we view Ant-Man and how ridiculous that character is. Mm-hmm. And then you see what an evil Ant-Man would do and you realize how fucking powerful that character is. Which um, is, I mean, it brings back credence. I've seen the memes come back that says what if and it's got... Ant Man diving I, into I want to see it. The Thanos butthole. <laughs> <laughs> the th- the, the Thanos. There's got to be a universe where it happened, right? There's infinite yeah. universes. So um, we'll see if the watcher lets us watch it. <laughs> if he's like, mm, this is for me only. Right? <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of a lot of cool content coming out, and it's keeping me very like, you know, I think about like Star Wars and stuff, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, here's a Star Wars next one comes out in three years or even lord of the rings it's like oh my gosh it's gonna be forever i want to see it now i don't have to have that feeling because they are literally just hitting you with content from every yeah direction. you don't even have to have that feeling with star wars anymore because no. the same engine owns them and we're yep. getting book of boba fett at the end of this year and, and you got uh obi-wan finished yep. principal photography a couple weeks ago and uh the bad batch has been really good yep uh, as, as far as like the clone warsy cartoon era um, and then they're like, oh, by the way, we've established a whole new era of books. We can just make Star Wars movies with characters no one even knows. And you'll probably go see it because, you know, Disney. Disney's got you by the balls. And you're like, you're right, you do. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to say, if you want more Star Wars and more, you know, Marvel heroes, they make these things called comic books. <laughs> and that will get your fix in for the no, next no, no, week no, no, or no. so. I don't, I don't know about that, Tony. I don't know about that. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. We are a comic book podcast, yeah. Speaking of which, though, uh, 
Marvel uh, came out with their Marvel Voices uh, identity number one. Uh, they already kind of uh, hinted at this is kind of what they're going to be calling uh, taking. I don't taking uh, sub like not. I don't want to say minorities, but like different subjects, different like topics of people and groupings and diverse. Yes, that's yeah, the word that I was diverse, looking for. Yeah. And. <laughs> And, and having some stories all compiled into one. So this one uh, has to do with identity. And these are all the, the Asian people of Marvel. And not all of them, but, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven stories in here. Um, with primarily, uh, you know, Asian or Asian-specific type uh, uh, creators uh, okay. coming together to to work on these books, uh, whether they wrote it or artists or whatever. And so, again, having, you know, the many different stories, I don't want to talk about all of them except for it kind of ties into what we were just talking about, the what if. And I just love the the title of this. It's what is versus what if. And so this is a story written by Jean Luen Yang and Marcus To um, and Sonny Gao. And this has to do with Shang-Chi. And him getting this uh, Ruguo coin, R-U-G-U-O coin. It's a mystic artifact. He kind of comes saying that he needs to get, he's on a mission to collect these things to, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, he can fight against, uh, you know, the the Ten Rings and, and all that. And make sure that these don't fall into the wrong hands against his evil father. So... What happens is the the totem ring starts swirling, and out pops. Uh, they ask him a moment of clarity. This monk asks him, and he talks about what he's done. He's defied his father. He's you know joined the Avengers, and you know learned what he had to do to defend you know the goodness. But the what if side of that is joined his father and the evilness, uh, fought against the Avengers, and helped rule over everything. And out of this pops, like in most video games, your Nega person. Mm. So he has to fight not only himself, but the the what if. The Nega Shang-Chi. And so I really, like, again, the title is just so fucking badass. What is, who he is, compared to what if, and then he had to kind of fight him, you know, himself. But... With one of the things that Shang-Chi is so great at, martial arts and everything, it, it made it seem like almost like Taskmaster, but he was pretty much kind of when he would do a kick, something they learned from Spider-Man, or like when he bashed mm. his evil self in with a shield, he learned that from uh, Captain America. And so kind of saying, that's the better version, that he joined up with those people instead of... So by fighting with the other heroes, he became stronger kind of thing yes. than he could by himself. Oh, and okay. I just thought, you know, it was a simple uh, story. It was only a couple pages in this whole book that has a lot of different ones. But uh, definitely the whole, everything within here was great. But that one I want to kind of point out and just say I really, truly enjoyed it. And people should uh, should read read the whole thing. Nice. Great. Do you want to roll through all of yours, or do you want to split it up? Let's with, split uh, it up. You go next, yeah? and I'll okay. go next. All right. I like that plan. So um, I read Spider-Man Life Story Annual Number 1. It's probably the only one, as annuals are. <laughs> I never understand why they number annuals. It's weird to me. But anyway, so Spider-Man yeah, Life Story. <laughs> that is biannual if yeah. they have a second one. Right. 
Yeah, it's very weird. Um, so I read Spider-Man Life Story, I don't know, it had to have been over a year ago now. And then yeah. you recently started reading the Fantastic Four one. Mm-hmm. So the Life Story books are, they take the from the first year that the character existed, and then they move it forward through time in like a realistic manner. So by the time you get to the end of the books, they're like old. Like they should be instead of. And typically, each book is like a decade, and, I think, yeah, yeah or an era, an important, important aspect in the character's life. So this is not focusing on Spider-Man. This story focuses on J. Jonah Jameson. Interesting. And it goes instead of having a bunch of books that go through the years, this goes through starts in 1965 and goes up to 1995. <clears throat> And there's a lot of actual backstory about Jameson that I don't know. So I don't know how much of this book is changed. I know some of it is changed, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how much of it actually is taken from things that happen in the books. Um, For example, this book starts out... Spoilers. Lots of spoilers, guys, because I have questions that only Tony can answer. (laughs) Um, So this book starts out with you realizing and Jonah's uh, talking about how he hated Spider-Man and all masked vigilantes and as a way to like come up to their level he was going to work with a scientist to create a villain and then work with that same scientist to make him into like a powered sort of hero so he could be the hero that saves the day against this masked villain. So he creates... Scorpion, and that is something that he did. I did not know that. So he he went to a scientist in the actual comic books and said, "We need to create this." He, yep, he had a private investigator, uh, Mac uh, Gargan. Yep, who he had trailing uh, Peter Parker because he was like, "There's got to be something with why Peter can always get pictures of Spider Man." So he then sent uh, Mac on on his way. And from there, then after, you know, not really finding anything, he's like, let's, uh, let's kind of, uh, power you up with this new experiment thing. And hopefully that will get the things going. Yeah. It's a little known uh, fact about JJ there. Interesting. So they, they lead off with that and it goes badly. And, you know, Spider-Man has to save Jameson and it just makes his hate for Spider-Man grow and then Scorpion breaks out of jail and comes after him again and Spider-Man has to save him again and when Scorpion gets arrested for the second time he rolls on Jameson and basically tells the cops what his plan was. He was going he created him so that he could then save the day later and it never happened. So for the rest of this book from that point forward he is in jail. For the rest of his life, he's in jail. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, right. <laughs> you should be for doing that. <laughs> so it becomes a real sort of exploration of why he has his hatred for Spider-Man, how he can accept that it's irrational, how he's done all of these things in his life that has made his life terrible, and it's only his own fault, those sort of things. And it's real a real character study of Jameson that you wouldn't get 
in any current iterations of Spider-Man because you never get him to a point as a character where he can look at himself and say, I'm a real fucking asshole. Like, he needs that time, lots of time, in order to kind of come to that idea. And it ends beautifully. Um, I'm not going to give the ending away because I do think even if you didn't read um, the Spider-Man version of the book, I think that this is actually just a really good quick read about this character. So still Chip Zdarsky writing it. He wrote the spider, the main Spider-Man one. So good old Chip laying it down. Nice. That's what I got. So I actually read a real book and I did read a comic. <laughs> <laughs> I continued with my uh, Green Lantern journey. So this is, I guess the series is just called Green Lantern 2021 because I was trying to That's find a lame title. Yeah, I was like, what do I ask for like when I contact my comic store to be like, do you have this number? They're like, which which series? And I was like, the current one? I don't know what it's called. But yes, DC just listed as Oh, that's 2021. The year. So it's Green Lantern. It's Green Lantern, but 2021 is yeah. the the, the, yeah. the current That's even what they say like series name or whatever. It's like, so it doesn't have another name yet. But uh, so as far as the Green Lantern goes, um, it's continuation. The last one kind of ended where there was like a terrorist attack on a, a meeting of planets, kind of like a big Senate thing going on of all the different uh, sectors. Uh, this one kind of carries forward with that. So the uh, Lantern Corps is accepted into this like um, United Planets Federation or something they call it. And as part of that, they are leaving a third of all the sectors that they watch over. So 1,200 of 3,600, they're leaving from that sector um, as part of like a deal with the planets, the systems that are there. Um, but they also are kind of like introducing this like, like Teen Lantern character. So a young girl who has, and again, I haven't figured out where this originally came from, but she has basically gotten a gauntlet that has great lantern power, but she does not have a power ring. Mm -hmm. So she's able to express some power stuff. So they end up in a couple fights. She kind of demonstrates that she's not really ready for, you know, she definitely needs training. Um, you've got uh, Stuart is kind of the ambassador, assigned as the ambassador for that. And at the end of the last one, one of the guardians is actually killed. And so you've got like the, what do we do now that one of the guardians, you know, immortal guardians is actually dead. An eternal guardian is dead. What do we do from that? So... A lot of it's like some politics stuff. Battling's cool. Um, I think the art's really nice. It's just clean art. There's nothing necessarily unique as far as the style goes. Um, it's a continuing story. I like the idea of the political system, particularly because we have like past villains as equal members in this United Planets, right? So you have representatives of characters that the Lantern Corps has directly fought. And so I think it'll be cool to see what the politics come up with that. Um, new character's cool. Mm -hmm. She's and the other idea. She's got a, a lantern power without a ring, so she doesn't necessarily have the same responsibilities or requirements. So they're kind of trying to almost like not imprison her, but she's not allowed to just go free and express her power. And she's pretty young. I think she's like twelve or thirteen or something like that. So is it a full gauntlet, like hand and everything? Or? Yeah. Yep. So there's been a gauntlet before yeah i believe so it was supposed to have to the power up. of 10 rings or okay. something like that 
It, she is quite powerful. It looked like the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I was going to say, it has six gems <laughs> yeah. in it. And... <laughs> it really didn't look like the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, she's quite powerful. It's just the problem that um, she uh, doesn't know how to really wield it. And so I need to find out how she actually got it, which I think comes from whatever event was pre this comic and set it up. So okay. find that information. And then the other thing is the real book. I read a novel. Uh... On tape, so I... (laughs) (laughs) Fucking cheater. (laughs) I didn't... You know, it's hard for me to read full books. I know. I I know this, Anthony. Are you going to ever give me that book back? (laughs) No, man. It it belongs in my house forever now. Reign of Hell... You know, I've considered getting that book on tape, but I was like, you know, it just doesn't feel right to have actually read it and then, you know, not actually read it myself, you know? But I still don't have the time to just sit down and read a book. I've got What If episodes to watch... I've got like a bazillion different <laughs> cartoons so and anime. It's so fucking good. It will blow your mind. Read it. I gave this to him like two what years book? ago. Uh, Rain of Hell. Rain, in, rain, he- rain in Hell. Rain in Hell. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's fucking good. Yeah. Right on. So. It's a creation myth, but like, it's so good. It It's, it, I have read the first two chapters. Um, we, I went on a family vacation. I was like, I have time for a book. And I read two chapters and I got distracted and I said, okie dokie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the book I read is, uh, you didn't read it. it. I didn't <laughs> read it. You listened to Yeah. The book I listened to. <laughs> the TV um, show I read. <laughs> is, uh, uh, the Dresden Files. It was the second to most recent one. So it's called Peace Talks. Uh, if you've never read the Dresden Files, I won't like go super deep into it, but I highly recommend the whole series. Um, it's, you know, one of the, like, pinnacle, or, like, I would say one of the foundation series for me really reading a lot of fantasy novels and really getting into, like, the fantasy, uh, like, novel world. So uh, things like Jim Butcher's got a couple. Brandon Sanderson's got a bazillion books. I got into that because originally from Dresden Files. <clears throat> but it's basically, think of all of the lores of humanity and a mythos that there are, those characters are in the Dresden Files in one book or another. So, like, the X-Files. Uh, or Supernatural. Yeah. Actually, Supernatural's yeah. a really good, um, like, parallel to that. And the fact that they basically say, uh, the key thing about the Dresden Files is that any, like, human lore that's been talked about in the past is a loose base on the reality. Hmm. And just the idea that the mystical world is separated from the human world because the humans have the uncanny ability to have way more population yeah and so even if they're uh you know these mystical beings are more powerful they will likely lose to humanity just because humanity has fire and iron it's kind of the big things fire and steel yeah um because like all the creatures of the of the fae the fairy oh iron yeah iron is their the bane yeah so like disables their powers and can actually kill them and but you've got like tons of them. i mean I can go through there's uh, greek mythology hades is in a book odin's in a book um angels they have the almighty so god yeah um is in a book and they just you know they're all really well incorporated into their um really cool story this piece talks is about basically the previous books there was this group of like underwater so think of all the creatures of the deep Krakens and fish people and things like that are part of this, like, they're called the Fomor, but they're part of this group, and they basically have been stealing people, hmm. humans, 
And so there's like this peace conversation that goes awry when uh, they literally show up and start killing people instead of talking peace with all of these other like nations that have like a tenuous peace. And so they kind of like determine, say, are we going to fight them back or, you know, how's that going to go? So it was a pretty good book. Nice. You know what I got from that is I 100% know how to kill a fairy, but I have no idea how to like protect myself from a mugger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is very accurate. And it made me really sad for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, fairies are easy, right? I mean, they have mystical powers and can summon like, you know, literal winter wherever they go, but a mugger's got a gun. Right. Well, that's the thing is in the book too, the main character Harry Dresden he has like his equipment. He's got like a shield gauntlet, so it's like a bracelet that he can hold, put power in to make a, a physical shield in front of him. He's got like a, a blasting wand, so he can like shoot like four. It's like funnels his power, and then he has a revolver because sometimes a gun just works really well against yeah. the creatures of the dark. So if you need a silver bullet for a werewolf, or if you need iron for sure. a fairy, yep. uh, you know, magic, they're really good at it. But so humanity funny. is really good at just making fucking guns. <laughs> so <laughs> That is why whenever, like, yeah, a human from the real world or our world goes to one of these fantasy places, like, yeah, guns just are, like, that's, like, the worst thing ever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. also, like, the most powerful thing ever. Uh-huh. Yep. Let's add some magic into this baby and boom. <laughs> So it's it's a really cool story. I think there's 16 books. I'm oh, reading the man. 16th one right now. Wow. They are not typical fantasy size. They go a lot quicker than a okay. lot of other books because they're basically detective stories. He's kind of a private eye that also work who tends to work on the weird stuff in Chicago. Gotcha. So if you're a big fan of Chicago, he talks <laughs> a lot about the like this part of Chicago and the this the Washington Bridge and People who, like Chicago locals would be like, oh my God, he's talking about us. But yeah, highly recommend it. Cool, cool. What else you got, Tony? Uh, I picked up this book that it was beautiful. I was confused, but it was beautiful. I uh, don't necessarily know where it's going, but oh my God, it was gorgeous and beautiful. It and... Sounds like his dating life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a beautiful dumpster fire. And... <laughs> I had no idea where it was going, and I was very confused. I was just happy to be part of it. <laughs> um book is called echo lands uh created by jh williams the third and uh, w hayden blackman they both came up with this together um jh williams is the artist on this though and i didn't know this at first until you pointed it out uh this person did sandman overture which uh, i love anything sandman related but just the way that sandman overtures panels and everything just flowed and just Mm -hmm. the pages just were like full splash pages of just like beautiful like you could take a magnifying glass and look at the art so this right here anthony is kind of some of the pages this whole book is made to be a landscape uh mode so like double page spreads of just like continuous art and how that the panels line up and going through it oh that's cool i just like i was just mesmerized by that (laughs) first and foremost so i will say the small critique is not truly knowing everything about this world and um also i always cringe a little bit with certain people's names in books like the main uh hero in this is hope 
red hood and you would mm. never guess that she has a red hood and that the hope is you know eternal and so this person is going to probably save us from this war that they're in it's very um fairy tale though like it gives yes, you instant yes. fairy tale vibes so if no, that's what yeah. they're going and, for and, and and i'm not you know i can't knock on a name you know that's what they thought and and everything i mean the person could be named samantha for all i care the story still i was able to follow she has this type of like innate uh magic in, within her that kind of protects her or like pretty much it blew up a guy's head oh, uh yeah and i don't know necessarily how it works but when she was cornered uh by these people she was able to escape uh we get to meet one of her uh friends within this uh story and core who uh is a big like kind of if we're looking at you know tropes like the big fighter uh barbarian type person in this magical world that is like centuries in the future after this last war and you know again it's the part that i don't know what all is going on in this world i know what's following and seeing with this main character uh there's a wizard that is after her because she stole a gem and that's a, and there at by the end of this there is a hunter that she wasn't able to use hope wasn't able to use her powers against her because she's magical too is what she says mm. and really like I said the the page is just amazing there's so much detail that might be that I maybe missed a thing or two just looking at the actual pictures that maybe I missed a a word balloon here or there to kind of follow where some of it went but then after the story you get a one page. Of this mystical alien looking like, uh, uh, what would you call us? A person that reads like a crystal ball uh-huh. type psychic person that goes on about saying like, this is what I see, uh, you know, going on in the next story. It's like almost like a to be continued of, you know, uh, a sea and, and a creature and a monster. So it's like, that's, uh, that's it for now. Like next time. And I just thought it was so weird, but like satisfying within this weird comic book but then it gets into even more of the echo lands and different stuff that this really felt like it was an ahoy book Ah, this was made by image but i had to like go back through and be like wait where what am i reading like a whole thing with the wizard so i'm getting to know a little bit more of what's going on here with this world and then we get a whole thing of both the creators talking about when they came up with this and then what i thought was even cooler was they put uh the music that they they were listening to uh, when you know when the artist was working on the different chapters oh, and and everything I and i was like this you is more like yeah like i love the extras <laughs> of things so even with the small like things that i was saying like i was you know critiquing a bit because i can't just say i loved everything of it I truly loved almost everything of this, though, and the extras were great, so keep those coming, and I can't wait to get the next next book to see where it goes. Nice. And then one other one that also had to do with war is Shattered Glass number one. Now, Anthony, do you know what Shattered Glass is? Have you ever heard of that? Uh... I've heard of the physical thing that's shattered glass, yes. Stupid question. Fuck you, Lindsay. I was meaning in the context of comic books. I've also heard of shattering the glass ceiling. Is this related to that? No, not at all. This is about Transformers. (laughs) Ah, okay, okay. 
I don't even know why I would have thought you guys would know anything I about Transformers lore. I don't even know why you Lord. thought you could ask the question, do I you don't... know what Shattered Glass is? <laughs> Without any context. <laughs> but in regards to comics, I've never once heard of it. All right. So what this has to do with, is, and it, maybe it's just me because I love Transformers so much. Yes. And I know the toy lines and everything. It came out of a 2008, I believe, uh, BotCon which is a big Transformers uh, convention. And uh, and there they had some toys that some creators made that were kind of different colored as if they were the mirrorverse of mm. who they were. And if anyone knows kind of what a mirrorverse is, that is if you've seen Star Trek, your evil doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. And so this has to do with... So were they like the toys were the exact same toy? They were just colored red instead of blue for Optimus kind of thing? Kind, yeah, or, you know, a, a few small little tweaks. But yeah, pretty much the same transformation and everything. And there was also a comic book that uh, went along with these that was, you know, convention exclusive. Well, now uh, IDW is now saying, hey, let's, let's have a whole storyline with these because... They've started releasing a ton more of the toys officially now uh, over the past year, which made me keep wondering, what is this about? Because I haven't seen any uh, stuff besides just knowing where it came from. So now we actually got like a medium to hear the story. And this takes place after the war. So the war has been done like thousands of years ago. They pretty much destroyed Earth and have pretty much taken over. But it is a world where... Uh, as what Starscream says, you know, like, because the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys. And the reason why the good guys are the bad guys in this world is with order, sometimes you, it always happens, you rule with an, with an iron fist, Mm -hmm. which makes you. So you love peace so much, you don't care how many men, women, and children mm-hmm. you have to kill to get it. And it's kind of one of those things where where uh, Megatron was kind of right in his thoughts of the Primes and their directives because some of the Primes before Optimus were kind of not great people in of themselves. Well, and you know, we I, understand the problem of tr- problematic <laughs> historical figures. Yes. <laughs> and this is stuff that, again... If you just read this, you wouldn't know any of that stuff. Like, just having the knowledge of all the Transformers books and, and everything, I, I know uh, the philosophies besides each of the, the sides. You still, you don't get too much into the Optimus and the Megatron yet because this follows Blur, who Blur is the quick speedster, talks really quickly, if you've ever seen okay. the Transformers movie yep. and everything. And so he's a... Uh, a hunter uh searching down prey for the three big cities there's gold city which bumblebee is in charge of actually i think they're calling him gold bug in this one uh there's pax which is orion pax optimus prime and then there's prowls area who no one goes there is what they say and then pretty much the rest of the the earth here is static wastelands and you know lightning and volcanoes and everything so really it's in, uninhabitable. So, as Blur's tracking down a prime target, Starscream, you know, again, you, you it's it's hard to, you would think, oh, it's just, you know, an Autobot going and getting a Decepticon. 
until you really start hearing the way you know they talk or the sinisterness of this Autobot that is the bad guy and Starscream kind of just, you know, outthinking him and gets away by the end, still not knowing the whole ramifications of this universe, but I'm loving it. So this isn't just necessarily, is this connected to the major universe, or is this just kind of like multiverse style? Multiverse style. Okay. It is It is not... It's purely isolated. It's not going to necessarily be interacting with the main universe yeah. storyline. Okay. No, but again, if you've read the main storyline, or if you know anything of Transformers, you could pick this up just knowing, or not even knowing anything, and you'd be a little confused, like, okay, what's going on? It's a different book, but something happened, and you're you're sure you're going to find out what happens in the next book. You know, I don't want to give everything away right away. So, is this the other thing, too, for me, when I would look at something like this, is the story completely, like not just a copy of what happened in the normal universe but with switched roles right it's a whole new story it's a whole new story idea. because again they've already they've destroyed earth there's no humans yeah no sam wit with you <sighs> well how are you gonna put the cube in the chest if there's no sam to hold it up i mean okay i mean that's cool that's actually one of the weaknesses of transformer um history is the humans yeah, it really sure. has been it even the Transformers where they got more powerful when a human occupied them. I saw one cartoon way back in the early 2000s where he literally, it was like, suit up in a Transformer. It was like a mech anime, except the Transformers Was it Headmasters? Because that's where the humans got uh, some, it wasn't Bionicle, but like some sort of binary type yeah, suits that could then yes. transform into the heads of... The Transformers, which they came out with the toys, which the toys were kind of cool because then it was a little figure they could put in the vehicle mode, but then it transformed in the head, and that's why they're called Headmasters. Uh, you know they and... did a test group at some point in time where some stupid five-year-old was like, I wish I could be in this in the Transformers. They're like, I wish I publish could. it. And I all the I other could. kids in the room were like, yeah. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I was in that test group. And we blame you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, like I said, I... I I, I had to have also read up on some of this when I was looking at toys earlier this year, being like, what the hell is Shattered Glass? So I kind of knew going ahead that they had this, and I'd heard news then that it was coming out. So I was just really like wanting to see, is it going to be just the opposite? And I'm glad to see that it's it's not. It's not just, you know, I'm flipping sides. And in fact, it seems a, a whole lot uh, more nuanced than just, Decepticon Autobot because again you have these Autobots who are pretty much the bad guys but you know the Decepticons weren't good either at the beginning of the war so with only having a few um, people that have they've shown within this first issue it'll be really cool to see where the rest of them fall within the dichotomy of good and evil cool did I use that word right you Lins? did yeah. yay <laughs> <laughs> Where's the board? I gotta put Cody's gold star on. I know. gotta start it. keeping track of those when they happen. Oh, that's cool. that's all I got for now. Nice. Um, I don't have. I have one piece of news. Hit us. And I'm glad that you're here because you're the game guy, right? Although he plays games too. I'll give you all the game news. So, how would you feel if 
you were a child under the age of 18 and their government told you you could only play video games one hour a day. Oh, I know who you're talking about. And it's only on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And if there's a national holiday, you can South play. South Korea? China. Oh, it was China. Oh. China. Just, just passed a thing where they're limiting online gaming. Okay. Three hours a week for children and it has to be an hour a day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is interesting. I didn't read about this because South Korea last week just removed their law doing basically the same thing where children could not play online games between certain like yeah. late hours, like 12 and 6, mm -hmm. and potentially on like other other reasons. But yeah, it was kind of like limited. But that sounds like a China thing to do. Yeah. And it sounds terrible. Yeah, it's um, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Friday. So it's they tell you the time. That's when I can play. Yeah, eight from eight p.m. to nine p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. How are how are all of the Chinese companies going to make all their money? There's a lot of the Chinese gaming is huge. Well, and so they have to comply to these rules too by requiring people to use real name registrations. Oh, that's what they want. Yep. <laughs> And it's the only way you can get children's information, right? Legally yep. in most places. Um, and But they're saying that this is to reduce the risk of children getting defrauded through microtransactions. It's a terrible solution. The problem is real, but it's an mm -hmm. awful solution for it. Yep. But that's, I mean, that's obviously it's China, so it's a little bit different than... Right. The culture of America. Um, the cult Chinese people tend to be more accepting of such rules a lot of the times. But, um, I mean, I do think microtransactions are like a literal plague. Right? They can oh, play a sure. purpose in keeping a game running longer, especially with online, right? Because back in the day, you buy a cartridge, you're done, mm -hmm. right? There's no updates to be pushed out. There's no server infrastructure to be maintained. You don't make friends? Yes. It was just... <laughs> Just what Lynn's love. No, no, there's, there's so many. Like, my child has legitimate people he's never met in real life that he considers yeah. full hardcore friends because mm -hmm. he's played video games with them for so long. Yeah. And you were so isolated, right? It was your neighborhood friends. Mm -hmm. You were couch co-op. You were playing right. GoldenEye all on the same People 64. you were forced to play with because they were near you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't pick and choose your family right. so you were assigned them. Um, but... You know, that's the thing is that these things do cost money. Servers, infrastructure is yep. cheap, but it does cost money. And when you have 25 million people playing a game, it's going to cost a lot of money. Sure. So microtransactions are a nice way, right? Because if all 25 million people have bought the game, okay, let's portion out. You can say we only, you know, budgeted money for to run servers for two years. Well, people play these games for eight, nine years. Right. Grand Theft Auto has been out for like a decade now and Grand Theft Auto Online still very popular and making that company so much money that they don't even need to make any more games. They just right. run that one, right? So microtransactions play a role, but they, I mean, Pokemon Unite, the latest in, uh, which is also interesting, it's made by a Chinese company. I know. It's made I by know. Tencent. Yep. So the idea that uh, I guess China just, because China kind of controls their own companies, mm -hmm. so I guess they feel like they're making enough foreign money that they don't necessarily need to lean on their own middle class right. gaming community to make money, but that's interesting. Yeah, it's real wild. You would, I, I could never ima imagine if 
U.S. Congress pass something like that. It oh, would my start gosh. here with it being optional. Mm-hmm. Like parents, it's something parents could opt into if they yeah, wanted yeah. to control their children's gaming and didn't have the power in their parenthood to just fucking tell their children yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. They're like, sorry, but... <laughs> Billy. The U.S. government, we gotta blame them. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought I read that and I was like, that's first of all 8 p.m to 9 p.m that's late it is <laughs> if you're an eight-year-old playing like that my eight-year-old would not have been playing video games for me tonight um but it is probably geared more towards teenagers because it is 18 and under mm-hmm. and so. countries i mean japan particularly asian countries have had more of an issue with this because the culture itself has accepted gaming like you look at south korea and japan yep. they have whole sections of their country that are just devoted to like gaming culture right akihabara in tokyo just has nerd weeb stuff everywhere and so because of that they have had problems with legitimate gaming addictions spending all of their time online people literally dying in cyber cafes because they don't like go to the bathroom or hydrate because they're so focused on a game um you know i get that they might need a little more rules in that sense but i mean one hour uh Three hours a week, right? right. So one hour on What can you get done? I can log in. Yeah. <laughs> and with modern games, Everybody's I can log logging. in. Now, now they've legitimately made it so every single child... Yeah, it's going to go under, into Fortnite at 8 o'clock. At the same exact time. So I'm going to not play online games from 8 to 9 China time. Yeah. Is basically what's... Yeah, if you're playing anything that is based in China, just stay away from those yep. hours. Yep. <laughs> It's the Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I'll go dinner. Ready Player One. <laughs> uh, speaking of games, Magic the Gathering's coming out with a Street Fighter themed <laughs> lair drop uh, later on uh, this year. Drop. Or uh, earlier in the next year, I mean, 2022. Is this the one that you messaged me about? No, that's even the one I don't want to mention. You have this to is something that I just that I just saw that I was like. Okay, well, how could Street Fighter come in this? They are really doing cash grabs now. Why doesn't he want to mention it? Because you're here. Oh. Because I'm going to spend money, and and <laughs> I feel foolish whenever I say the things I'm going to buy around you. <laughs> I'm glad I've had such a positive Tony, effect on so your life. <laughs> you heard, you you knew about him and his brother buying the D and D, the D and D base like crossover. What's the next one, Tony? Lord of the Rings. Oh. And it's soon. And I need the One case? Ring, and I need the Fellowship. Oh, God. And then I might need a Nazgul. I might need... Oh, I'm going to have to get Sauron. You better... This I'm going to have to get Sauron. Hey, gonna, man, you better get real good at man, being If they have the two towers, cards. I'm going to have to get those in there. Right? Mm-hmm. You sell the cards you don't want, and then it pays for itself. That's what you got to do. But he wants all the cards. <laughs> I can't sell... And how can stuff? I sell any of... It's like asking a man or a woman to sell their children. It's like, yes, I like that child the least, but I can't just sell them to buy more children. It doesn't I mean, make any sense. <laughs> I, mean, I'm I am like, I'm, oh, I'm going to buy them and I'm pissed that I'm going to because yeah. I want them more than the Forgotten Realms ones. Like, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is like top tier it's like full-on lord of the rings action like i love like yeah. i don't know and like but it's, it's just a, the books and everything it's not its own thing it's it's well, a ma- i mean it's so they'll, they'll, cards, yeah so they'll do but... cards like so like 
the ring would probably be an artifact of can something. Can you use them with regular magic cards, or can they be oh, yeah. used with like, each other? They're yeah, they're always the same type of like. You wouldn't necessarily five to be able to play all of them in like tournament play. Tournament yeah. play. Tournament play will have like a restricted set of cards that are available for use. Gotcha. But yeah, in like any local tournament, it'd be you know with the exception of a few like overpowered banned cards. Yeah, you could do a D and D slash. Lord of the Rings combo, you know, deck. Mm. With Chun-Li in there from Street (laughs) Fighter. Like full-on Street Fighter? Yep. That's crazy. I think that one's interesting because Street Fighter's cool and there's a lot of characters. I wouldn't think there'd be enough stuff for, like, a a themed set for Magic the Gathering unless they're just doing, like, a limited... Well, that's what I don't know what a secret layer drop is, like, when it comes to Magic now. Like, I just got back into it. So, again, some of these different... type tournament plays and everything like i just now know what a commander thing is and i've gotten used to that now uh yeah there's a lot in magic commanders are out chun lee's in you know <laughs> yeah and like so i could see like again we were kind of curious how they're going to do it with the D type stuff but again uh there's already fireballs within magic right the gathering so it is very but there's not hadokens yeah that well, are fireballs but. Yeah, because those are not that at all. <laughs> but, like, again, you could have easily uh, a character, and again, I'm just using Chung Lee. Uh, so she could, one of her actions could be, like, you know, she. Ankle kick you to death? Yeah, well, like, and it, all it do is, like, give a plus two, plus two, whatever, and just say it's her legs that kicked. And then you're like, oh, I played the game. I know that's her move. I yeah. think every time you lay her card down, you have to make those weird <laughs> sex noises that she makes when she fights. Yeah. <laughs> She's just really into it. Yeah, just really into the fair. fights. That's fair. Um, let's see. Other news. I don't have a whole lot of news. Nothing really new in anime is happening right now. Uh, like new shows as far... Nothing that's big enough to catch my attention recently. Are you excited about the Cowboy Bebop movie? Or show? Show? Movie? Uh, yeah. Show? Show. I'm... I'm on the fence. Um, one, they didn't show... and I. It's been so long since I watched, but the young girl they've got the the dog the mm. sheep uh the sheba uh in there but they don't have uh the young like uh girl hacker character in there so i don't know if they just haven't casted her yet because they showed like the cast photo or released mm-hmm. that um i think the castings as far as appearance looks fine it looks like they're uh reducing the sexuality aspect of the show a little bit and the female characters are a little more dressed than they are yeah. in the show also, the show clothes are not practical, and you, if you had any element of breasts, you would the show's clothes would not hold them in. Correct. Right. So, yeah. uh, understandable there. Uh, so, I as long as they, that's an okay show to bring to live action. It has a lot of realistic stuff. The cool parts of the show were not necessarily the fantastical sci-fi elements. Right. It was the characters. Yep. It was their interactions. It was the dialogue. So if you bring that over, cool. I think it's just going to be hard to make the fans happy because the voices are so well known for those characters. So to have different people playing them with different voices, it's like reading a book and then you're reading Harry Potter and then all of a sudden the Harry Potter characters are acted. And you're like, that's not the voice I envision for this character, right? right? So um, if people can get over that, I think it'll be fine. People, for the most part, Media shows are really good nowadays. It's when true. you're taking one form of media and translating it to another, Witcher was a really hard oh. one to translate, and yeah, that worked out pretty so well. Good. So, uh, Geralt is not a very thrilling character. He's pretty 
one toned and he's very toned. Yes, <laughs> Tony knows. <laughs> Tony knows. Very um, toned. So yeah, it'll be cool. I'm excited for it. Um, I I just I'll have to rewatch it. It's yeah, been like yeah, literally been a decade since I've seen, since it, I've seen it last time. Um, in sad news, some sad news that I do have. Aww. So the gaming industry for probably about eight years, I would say seven or eight years, it's increasingly been scrutinized for sexual harassment stuff. Where one, if you're a female developer or involved in de- game development, you're female, definitely facing harassment. Males have also faced harassment as well, but it's like one of the more toxic workplaces you can be in. It's very mad men level stuff. Yeah. I mean, you had like the, uh, with Activision Blizzard, they're talking about the Cosby Room, where they literally had a picture of Bill Cosby. They called it the Cosby Room because that's where you went to, oh, that's gross. you know, have sex with whoever it was they were doing, but it's like that's what their room was. And uh, so, you know, not the greatest of people, we'll say, uh, but now, uh, and their Activision Blizzard's basically being sued by the government. The I forget which department it is, but it is a California department basically saying, we have found enough evidence that we're going to sue you for all of these allegations. Hmm. Uh, now, Ubisoft is under investigation from the Singapore equivalent of that. It's the Tripartite Alliance for Fair and Progressive Employment Practices. So it's basically their workplace watchdog that checks for stuff like this. So now Ubisoft Singapore, uh, and Ubisoft has been faced issues with this before. I think a CEO has resigned in regards to this stuff. Now they are being investigated for uh, reports of an office culture that is sexually toxic. So... <sighs> yeah gaming industry as much as i love the gaming industry it has done a lot of things lately that really just turned me off wanting to invest in it yeah so video games and comic book industry recently and i'm sorry men <laughs> it's mostly <laughs> the men industry mostly you the men industry and the i think the problem is is you've taken these guys who traditionally have been like the guys who got made fun of in school the incel it really is that character and so now that they have money and power they're wielding it terribly even though you know their role models are supposed to be like superheroes and shit Mm -hmm. it's extra disgusting to me when nerds are rapey yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) yep well it's like the bullied being coming the bully yeah you know you've got this thing where it's like you know you were you're treating people the way that you hated being treated and you know it's just kind of carrying that forward and we're seeing it and i mean it's old white dudes yeah everywhere i mean that's really it you know superheroes don't go down because old (laughs) white dudes are uh you know struggle with the idea of potentially being lesser and same with the gaming industry it's just i mean i'm I'm i would guess i would say me too movement this is a side element mm-hmm. of that. Yep. And I'm all about the clarity. It's disgusting and I hate seeing it, but I would I love seeing the fact that it's being brought yes. to light. Thank yeah, it's good. So, it's good that it's coming out. Um it's just... But it's it's making my game purchases really easy. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, Activision Blizzard, there goes like six games that I would usually buy, so I can't pay that. Ubisoft, okay, no more Assassin's Creed games and just Valve just keep your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Gaben, just please. please. 
please. <laughs> but that's all I got. There's not a whole lot. All right. Um, I had stuff, but let's just get into booze in a book. Uh, booze in a book this week is King Spawn, number one. And it was so good. Uh, again, if you are a new reader to Spawn, you are going to be kind of lost. Yeah. I think you could still pick this up and get to where they're going with this new story arc and what's going on, especially with the, the twists within here. But it catches you within the first two pages of uh, kids blowing up. Like, it was like, that was kind of shocking to me. Like, I know that the Spawn books have never been shy away from no. who or what dies, but uh, it was just kind of jarring at first, and the reasons behind that is even more nefarious than what they're leading up to, because that's like the last page that you find out, and you're like, well, shit, that's not good. And so with the whole war of heaven and hell and how Spawn in the last 300 plus comics uh, has pretty much literally gone both sides and how both sides hate him now and yet he's closed portals from both sides and you know everyone wants to kill him now they don't even want him on their side anymore uh, yeah this, this whole thing the reason why King Spawn I don't want to because the last page explains why and so good but the whole time i'm reading this being like why is it king spawn why is it king spawn and this also is a starting point for some other spawn characters within this universe uh there's a guy haunt who was there before who seems to be coming back who might be within one of the new titles there's a gunslinger spawn which was it, there's some backup stories within the main story to offshoot these new uh, books that are coming out in the next couple months um, there's Nightmare Spawn, who, I mean, just imagine Gunslinger Spawn as a spawn with a gun in a top well, hat. Nightmare's with... a character in Spawn, right? So, I, see, again, th maybe he was before, but I f uh, it seemed like some of these in the back were new. Uh, there was another guy, uh, Coromax. Um, how they really set up the ending things was, like, they kind of, like, started with, you know, just this weird, cool symbol of the King Spawn. But then they would go into a story, and if I can get to the page, damn it. Um, they would just do a title, so like, the hero, the nightmare, okay. the, the haunt, the haunt, and everything. And I, again, these, uh, not having explored all of, you know, Spawn before. It's so hard. But then, this There's is so many. Gunslinger Spawn, though. I mean, they just look so cool and iconic. In well, what? he's going to make toys out of every single one of them. I mean, yeah. They have to look iconic. <laughs> yes, and that pisses me off because I kind of want some of these toys. <laughs> of but anyways, uh, I hate pairing it with this, but it's the only beer that came to mind at first when thinking of the king, and that is the king of beers, Budweiser. Ugh, such a weak. I feel like King Spawn needs something robust. More like... punchy. El Toro. Hair or, on your or was it uh, El Matador? Is that the tequila? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with the little hat. <laughs> All right, uh, switch. Matador. Yes. <laughs> we need to buy a Budweiser, throw it out the window, and then switch to doing shots or just, of Matador. Yeah, just put that in the Budweiser can. Put some Tabasco sauce in it, call it a day. Oh, but that is, uh, that is Booze in the Book this week. It was really good. I was going to review the whole thing, but we needed a Booze in a Book, and so we 
highlighted it and there. And you had so many already. Yeah. So many. Uh, leaving everyone with this, uh, I learned through uh, the Spider-Man trailer that it's now hit the highest watched trailer of all time. It's 300 and 55.5 million people watched it within 24 hours, wow. which beats the previous winner of Endgame back in 2019. I didn't see how much. But throughout all this, too, and this is stuff that I didn't mention before, I learned that last year Sony had named their universe to kind of go with MCU and try to be cool the, the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters, or Spunk. <laughs> They have since realized how dumb that is, and they now are calling it the Sony Spider-Man Universe, or SSU, uh, for short now. So uh, I mean, I'll call it the Spunk forever, <laughs> yes. regardless of the SSU and whatever military arm that makes me think of. It's like, uh. no, the Spunk. Well, with that, stay thirsty for more Spunk. 